Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. One day out of schedule would have whacked me so good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow you're gonna be like, oh my god, is it Friday or Thursday? I know. That's why we're gonna like we're gonna bang (laughs) through this shit like professional unpaid podcasters. Uh, and speaking of banging, if you're hearing a third voice again, uh, please welcome Britt again. <laughs> our old bang, 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 wah, wah, wah. Hi. <laughs> Free she's, Brittany. She slowly <laughs> upgraded her headphones, and who knows, next time she'll have a mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. We'll see. we'll see. I'm slowly watching. Maybe I'll just through. lift the microphone to my mouth so everyone can really hear me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Put yeah. it inside. <laughs> put the like strap like this and put it to the other microphone. I bet you'll sound so fucking mint. Like, like put it under the headphone. Under like the headphone. My, oh, but there's a little hook on there. All right, let's see. Like my ex boyfriend's chin strap. Like so. All right, listeners, you, you can email Jill later about this. Oh my god. <laughs> no, you have to keep it. You sound so crisp. Oh, oh good. Nailed oh, it. Fancy. <laughs> So, uh, Britt, what topic are we covering this week? Oh, just a little show that I watched throughout my youth. Got a little freaked out about it. We might have mentioned in past podcasts it was an 8 o'clock p.m. show because it was so risque. Yeah, we might have (laughs) low-key shit-talked it last podcast. (laughs) We thought we would deem it this this season. Oh, my God, this episode. (laughs) Well, it's technically the first season, so whatever season this episode uh we're gonna do are you afraid of the dark yes uh so fucking was dude i I was like scared me oh yeah for sure i don't know (laughs) i don't know who i am or what happened to me or why but the main character gary played by ross hall i had a huge crush on and then it turned out like the glasses right yes dude he's so hot Yo, okay, wait, hold on. You remind me of Toby from Degrassi. Next Adorable. <laughs> That's not hot. So doing doing my research. Maybe I should relook. <laughs> doing my 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 research on uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I realized that okay, so growing up, there's another show I really really like called Student Bodies, and I was in love with the main character, yeah. and then I found out the main character was fucking Ross Hall. <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> like score <laughs> student bodies was such a banging fucking show too chris it was so Shepard. good chris Man, i totally missed the boat on that one dude uh dig in dig out I, I didn't know i had such a i didn't know i had such a type <laughs> <laughs> like nerd fuck. nerd hot nerd let's go hot nerd yeah <laughs> i'll help you clean your glasses Okay. So, are you afraid of the dark? It is a horror anthology television series that aired on YTV and Nickelodeon. The original series aired from 1990 to 1996. 
It led to two revival series. The first aired at uh, 1999 to 2000, the second debuting in 2019. The series was created by J.D. McHale and Ned Kendall. Candle? Candle. Whatever. Okay. And we're here for the pronunciation, right? It's cool. Oh, I am here for the pronunciation. <laughs> There's more of that coming. Oh, no. Uh, the show was picked up by Nickelodeon in 1999, 1991. Sorry. Mikhail and Kendall and Nickelodeon teamed up with the Canadian company Sinair. Maybe. I might be saying that wrong. And as part of the deal, the show was filmed in Richmond, British Columbia. So oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in Greater Montreal and Quebec, of course, it was filmed over there. The production teams were respectively represented by ACTRA and SCTVQ. So those are different labor unions from Vancouver, so ACTRA and the Quebec one. Okay. All the actors that listen to this are like, why did she pronounce the letters and not just say ACTRA? Well, you know what? I did what I did. Not an actor. <laughs> I'm not an actor. I don't I don't do this. The series premiered with episode with the episode The Tale of the Twisted Claw as a pilot on October 31st. Fuck yes, thank you. 1990 and on the Canadian television network YTV and aired until June 11th, 2000. The pilot aired on Nickelodeon on October 25th, 1991 as part of a Halloween special. The following year the series premiered on Nickelodeon's Snick on August 15, 1992, and aired until April 20th, 1996. The show was both a critical and commercial success, garnering numerous awards and, sorry, numerous awards as the series progressed. So I think right. we all remember watching that show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was Even just fucking... the intro freaked me out. I was like, oh, that haunted canoe. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking boat. Why is it there? It was pretty good. Very big fan. So a little background on the show. The series Are You Afraid of the Dark revolved around a group of teenagers who referred to themselves as the Midnight Society, which to this day is like one of the best names I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Like, I'm really here for that. Every episode would be at a secret location in the woods at night. One member would tell us, sorry, one member would tell a scary story to the group. The actual story rather than the telling was displayed to the television viewer. So that's what we would see. The story was shown between the group's arrival at the site and then to their departure. The opening credits for the original series was a montage of spooky imagery, ranging from a lone, this is your favorite Brit, a lone empty rowboat bobbing in the water in a dark night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to an abandoned creepy swing set, uh, an attic with an eerie clown doll, fuck that doll, a fan <laughs> with mist in the background, the window shutters rattling in the rain, a match lights up to illuminate the show's titles and the flame then is extinguished. The theme music was composed by Jeff Zan and Jeff Fisher. I wonder if they liked that they're both named Jeff. Jeff and Jeff. Jeff and Jeff. Jeff and Jeff. Oh, Jaffrey. <laughs> Jaffrey. <laughs> Each storyteller would begin their story by saying, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story, and then they would say the story's name. At which point he or she would toss a handful of <laughs> midnight dust, but as we discussed on the uh, last episode, <laughs> LSD, or what, is, what was the other one? DMT? DMT. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you could Google what it really was on there. I'm glad it was oh, midnight dust. That could mean whatever you want. Yeah, so it it may have been fucking DMT. We don't know. 
they're just tripping out in the forest. No one's supervising these kids. Like, you got Ross Hall here from Student Bodies. Like, he doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> so the, the Midnight Dust was, in fact, Coffee Mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That probably would really, like, fizzle up. That stuff's not I even do that. Of course, I like Coffee it. Mate's not full. <laughs> Just eat it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, the midnight dust would come from a leather pouch into the campfire to heighten the flames and produce an eerie white smoke. We should try that. We should have our own midnight society. I would be down. Let's rename this podcast. Okay. (laughs) Mikhail wrote the line, sorry, Mikhail wrote the line submitted for approval of was a nod to the Twilight Zone. Big fan of that. Love the Twilight Zone. Big fan. Yeah. We love Eye of the Beholders, my ultimate oh, episode. Oh, I saw you posted that. Yeah. <laughs> Quick derail. I hadn't even seen, this is a long, 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 long time ago. I'm like a little kid at Shushwap Lake at like my friend Jonathan's cabin. And um, he's there, like his grandma had like this, like they had lived in a trailer there, like they had a little trailer on the beach, which was really cool. And there was like a cabin or like a shed behind with extra beds that all the kids would sleep in. So I was out there and they had like this little tiny TV with a bunch of VHS tapes and Jonathan put that in. Oh and I remember God. this, yeah, I remember watching it being like, what the hell? Like they're unwrapping her face. And like, I was like, oh, it just stuck with me. I was yeah. like, oh my God. Well, at least talking Tina wasn't on that one. That might stop you from ever going back to the shoe shop. <laughs> yeah. That's something with Blake's, but you know, a doll. Well, (laughs) you know, that worked. So it was a nod to the Twilight Zone in which creator Rod Sterling would, after introducing the episode, say, submitted for approval, which is, you know, Twilight Zone, which is pretty dope. I really like that. The storyteller would continue by announcing its title, the tale of the themes of the story usually would revolve around a variety of uh, paranormal phenomena, such as demons, ghosts, magic, haunted houses, Magical curses, aliens, witches, vampires, werewolves, and the coming into contact with the average youths. Usually the episodes were either filmed in the woods or in abandoned houses or public places like schools or libraries. Sources of the tales would vary in different ways. Many were adaptations of public domain fairy tales and short stories of urban legends. For example, the episode The Tale of the Twisted Claw is an adaptation of W.W. Jacobs' story, short story The Monkey Paw, which is like the story where like you'd have three three wishes and the little fingers would go down yes no yeah, maybe I vaguely remember that I think Aladdin um the animated series did something like that at one maybe. point I definitely remember monkey paw and then yeah. wishes being involved. just don't touch a dead monkey paw it sounds no, like a bad time <laughs> sometimes the stories were inspired by a certain event in the life of the storyteller in the episode Tale of the Crimson Clown, for instance, Tucker blackmailed his brother Gary into a poem he had found. Or sorry, <laughs> into a poem. Blackmailed his brother Gary with a poem he had found, which Gary had written for Samantha. Gary then told a story in which a naughty younger brother was punished cruelly for his evil deeds. At the end of the episode, Tucker gave the poem back to his brother. The majority of the horror stories on Are You Afraid of the Dark had happy endings, or at least most of them for the characters. They'd end up in decent places. But some but some of them had either bad endings or twist endings, like, for example, The Tale of the Lonely Ghost, 
the tale of the dark music, the tale of the chameleons, and the tale of the vampire town, and the tale of the pinball wizard. At the end of most episodes, one character, usually Gary, in the first run and Tucker in the second run of the show, would throw a red bucket onto the fire, stating, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed, and the group would leave the campsite, thus ending the storytelling. Sometimes the story would be related to an event, for example, the tale of the laughing in the dark. Kristen, who was afraid of clowns, ran off when Eric put a clown mask on. I don't know if you guys remember that, like sometimes... If somebody was particularly spooked by yeah. something, they were, yeah, it would bring a prop and scare them. Like they're, yeah, they did, <laughs> yeah, the dollhouse one, the one, the one girl held a doll in front of the one kid at the end, and he was all freaked out. Love that. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> the wimp, then, not the the doll girl. Anyway, <laughs> well, no, yeah, we know we're gonna all buy you dolls for your birthday. <laughs> so. <laughs> so then everyone would chase after the person that was afraid. Because that's what you do, bullying, rampant in the 90s. It's great. Oh, yeah, we okay. loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. You were Actually, you get clout for bullying in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, imagine a time where. <laughs> yeah. This would, either, this would either cause Gary or Tucker to hurriedly, hurriedly dump the water on the fire, and the Midnight Society would run off to wherever they had to go after the meetings. So there you go. So that's the wrap-up of the cast. Now, Or sorry, the cast, the, the background. So... The cast, like the original cast for the first season, so the 1991 through, I think it, I said 96. Did I say that? Or yes. uh, did I not say that yet? I guess we'll find out when we re-listen to it. <laughs> 90, yeah, correct. Yes. Okay. The last aired episode was February 3rd, 1996. I was correct. Okay, sweet. Good job, me. Okay. <laughs> so Gary, played by uh, my love interest, Ross Hall. Awesome. So he was part of the original cast. Also, Betty Ann, who is played by Rain Pearcool, Kiki by Jody Ressler, Frank Moore by Jason Alice Sharon, Tucker by Daniel DeSantos. I think he was in Mean Girls. Anyways, Samantha by Joanne Garcia. Kristen, played by Rachel Blanchard, who would later go on to play Cher in the television series, like uh, like Clueless Cher. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. I know. That's super cool. I mean, she's as cool as um, Ross Hall, in my opinion, because like student bodies. Let's go. <laughs> Stig was played by Cody Wibley and Eric by Jacob Tierney. Now, I have one more really cool little thing to say. So there has been a couple reasonably famous actors and actresses on this or actors if we're not going to gender I guess on this show which I was really surprised at and then when I went back into it I was like oh yeah I remember those people that's hilarious okay are you ready yes yes okay (laughs) Ryan Gosling no I love him so much (laughs) he was such a baby so he was fresh out of the Mickey Mouse Club he was in the tale of station 109 he played Jamie Leary, a t-shirt and flannel wearing kid whose younger brother, Chris, is obsessed with death. <laughs> to break him of his morbid obsession, Jamie locks Chris in a hearse. <laughs> oh what a dickhead. Cautioning him to keep it down or you'll wake the dead before he leaves him there. Um, sorry, cautioning him to keep it down or you'll wake the dead. Also in that same episode, Gilbert Godfrey, he plays the doorkeeper to the afterlife wow Iago. 
Iago, correct. Totally. The center square in Hollywood squares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, number two, Nev Campbell. Wow. I know. Sweet. How did I not notice any of this? Dude, I, I watched think it would your ring scene. A bell later on. No, it doesn't though, because you don't remember. You're too little. I guess. And, but I watched her scene, and it was like the exact same thing she did in Scream. She's just screaming, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I was like, I'm afraid. She sounds really afraid. I love okay. Nev She's cute. She's a scream queen. So yeah, Nev. Scream. She plays Nani Walker in the 1993 episode, The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. <laughs> In which reoccurring villain, Dr. Vink, makes a dish that requires a very special ingredient, his employees fear. Oh. It's like Um, Monsters, Inc., but instead of Screams. Totally. So this one, I'm going to murder his last name, but also someone I, for some reason, have a weird crush on, and I don't know what's wrong with me. Jay Bar... um, Jay Barshall. Yeah, Jay Barshall. So he was in it. I have a huge crush on him, too. Okay, thank you. I'm not alone. Okay. Nope. He this appeared in a few. Ah, he's just yeah, he's just so lanky. I don't know what it is, I, <laughs> but I don't. Anyways, I will. I, okay, I'll just stop it. All right. <laughs> he appeared in a few episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, including season six, The Tale of the Zombie Dice, and The Tale of the Walking Shadow, and season seven's episode, The Tale of the Time Trap. He made his first appearance, though, in season five, The Tale of the Dead Man's Float, playing a little kid who, in 1954, gets attacked by a ghost in a pool. Oh, oh, I don't know why I'm laughing. Very vulnerable place. <laughs> I know. Fucking, fucking. Okay, I was listening to Wine and Crime, and they were quoting somebody on Wine and Crime, and they're like, "We know for so they did. They were referencing someone else that said this, but they're like, we know for a fact ghosts can't hurt people because if they could, there'd be a lot of white people getting attacked by ghosts." <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, yeah. TikTok. <laughs> Myself included. Uh, Mm, I'm talking more historical. Oh, and that too. <laughs> yeah. Especially that. <laughs> I think we're okay. We, we're fine. I mean, I'm just saying we used to play around with Ouija board back oh, when. Oh, shit. Day, so. <laughs> Yo, I never fucked yeah. with that shit. Did you know Ouija, yeah, boards well. were, Ouija boards were put up by Hasbro? Really? We just made our own on the back of a Monopoly board. <laughs> yours, is, yours is way more dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Dummies, okay. Whatever. <laughs> um. Bum, bum, fucking Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> episode six, or sorry, season six, episode thirteen. Before he was Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen played Kirk in the 1999 episode "The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge." In the episode, in the episode involves snowboarding and some excellent 90s music. <laughs> Lovely. I love both of those things. In the search for a missing <laughs> friend that a ghost kidnapped. <laughs> All right. This one I included because I, when I first saw his picture, I was like, I don't know if I remember you, but I fully fucking do. Okay. Eddie K. Thomas. So the name isn't familiar, but he played like the nerd guy in American Pie. Not, not the one, not the main guy, just like. Like the guy with the braces and the ginger hair? No, I'll just send you a picture. But okay. <laughs> anyways, he played, He had this is his first ever role. It was in Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was in the 1994 episode, Tale of the Curious Camera. He played a kid named Matt, a kid that nobody notices until they're bullying him. 
when he fails to show up at a basketball team portrait, the photographer, I guess the photographer was a weirdo, wanted to meet up with him. Who knows? That's probably not a good sign. Don't do it. He did. He got an antique camera. Bad move. But it was no ordinary camera. Bad things seem to happen when Matt takes pictures of anything. It's all fun and games until Matt takes a picture of his parents and they disappear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember that one. (laughs) I remember that one. Yeah. Um, And then this one, again, I included because this is a really, these are two really big shows. So I wasn't familiar with her. So I apologize. My bad. Anyways. And this is another pronunciation. Hold on. The nerd is Paul Finch, if you remember him from. Yo, you looked it up. Thank you. Finch. Finch. Oh. He gets like really sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't he sleep with Stifler's mom? Yeah. Yeah. I think he does. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's him. I remember that. Okay. Thank you, Jill. (laughs) You're welcome. Jewel State. Stat. State. S T A I T E. That's what it is. Don't ask me. Okay, so Jewel was in Firefly and Serenity. Oh, I love Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. What? I mean, oh, what? Firefly is such a fucking banger. It's oh. so. Oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. What? No, <laughs> I was like, no. The biggest travesty ever done to the world was that Firefly only got one season, and then I had to watch Game of Thrones final season because <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Give me season two of Firefly when it should have been done back in the day. Don't remake it now. Go back in time and fix your errors. I'm so angry. That's what happens though, man. There's a lot of shit like that. Oh, Firefly. Don't, good. don't make me bring up Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> okay. Gross. So Jewel appeared in two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark in season three, the tale, or sorry, yeah, season season three, the tale of watcher's woods she played kelly a sort of snooty summer camp attendee who gets lost in the dark in the dangerous woods fucking kelly then in season four she got uh she got to rock the truly 90s fashion combo of a turtleneck and strong shoulder blazer (laughs) as cody in the tale of the unfinished painting so yeah that's just to name a few of them because there was a couple that i was i was like this is just a little bit beyond but anyways so the sh- the f- this first the first uh, coming of Are You Afraid of the Dark had seven seasons. Each season, this I thought was super clever, had thirteen episodes. Oh, lucky thirteen! Or I know, lucky. big fan, big fan, big fan. <laughs> Onion. <Yep>. Onion. <laughs> Onion. <laughs> Onion. <laughs> and the last the last episode aired on June eleventh, two thousand. And that was that for that. Oh, nope. Skipped it. Sorry. I'm a liar. February 3rd, 1996. There Good you deal. go. Yeah. So that was that was our OG. And uh, really hilarious that I found out I went full circle with Ross Hall to Chris Shepard. Or <laughs> Greg. What's his name, Greg? Am I making it up? No, Gary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Earlier <laughs> Earlier today, our neighbors our neighbors have a dog in Kelowna named something. I don't remember his name. And I'm like, what's the neighbor's dog name again? Gary? Oh, no, Greg. I said Greg. <laughs> Jordan's like, no, it's whatever. I'm like, oh, I thought it was Greg. <laughs> <laughs> She's got Greg. Greg the, the dog. Yeah. Greg the dog. That's a good dog name. I know. Or maybe I said Gary. Whatever. Okay. There you go. <laughs> that, 
that is the original season uh, or the original series of Are You Afraid of the Dark that we know and love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, we know that it says coffee made on here, but I'm still, the jury's out. I don't know, man. <laughs> We're going to have to go test this out in uh, Stanley Park with the coyotes. Ooh. We'll check it. Well, because I mean, with the coyotes, it makes it spooky, right? We have to watch her back. Yeah. But cool. we have a fire with the coffee mate. See what happens. And it's, a, it's the spooky season. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, if not, those coyotes probably have some DMT. Cause that's probably why they're attacking people. So, I mean, either way, we're going to have a nice or time. Or they're just tired of everybody's crap. Oh I'm just going to bring, I'll just bring some crystals and just like, <laughs> or no, some essential the coyote, oils. The coyote essential oil. <laughs> they don't like this one. Oh, crap. Some... I got their favorite one. Just like, like frankenfruit or like, um, fucking... yeah, I hate that one. <laughs> Or like peppermint. Just... Yeah, mice don't like peppermint, so oh, this could work, uh, right? Like big mice. Uh, whatever. Fucking pyramids. <laughs> Did you guys like know that they tried to like reboot this show like not only two years ago, but also this year? Not until recently. Yeah, this is like, Brit's, Brit's area. Moving me in to the fuck yeah. <laughs> which I have prepared for this time. I think I watched, <laughs> I watched one episode of it and I was like, all right, all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I, was I, I saw it and I was just offended that it existed. And then I watched <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> you know, then I finished squid game instead Ooh. and I watched Ted Lasso. So I know we're not talking about this, but cause I work for a, a, like an MLS football team, soccer, football, football Ted Lasso is exactly what it's like working for them <laughs> very much like it fucking love it yeah big fan big fan okay deals into it all right so with this one when I first started watching it because I'm like at first I thought it was a movie and then I'm like oh this is like an extra long movie the <laughs> <laughs> it was redone in 2019 it's called the carnival of doom Ooh. and um I bet it's crap <laughs> well, I mean, I, with any reboot, I'm like, ah, give it a shot, whatever. So I realized it's a three episode series. And then as it opens up, I was like, this is not the same and I'm not really into it. But it all comes together one way or another. So the lead character for the show is named Rachel, which I don't know any of their real names. <laughs> I just have the their Are You Free of the Dark names. She's a new gal in town, but she wakes up to, or it opens up to her having this horrendous nightmare with uh, this whole carnival of doom and Mr. Top Hat, who's this guy that's looming in her dreams. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching like five minutes of this. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And then it just cuts out and then it goes directly into that season of the original sound of Are You Free of the Dark? And they have a couple little tidbits that take that kind of bounce off of the original series, which I liked. And I'm like, okay, I like that. And then at the end, it does the whole, like, match lighting of the thing. So I'm like, okay, you, you've redeemed yourself. <laughs> Hold up. The guy's up name what? is Mr. Fucking Top Hat? Yes. Yeah. This is Top the one Hat. I watched. <laughs> He's scary. He's a little spooky. Yeah. The creativity spooky. is overwhelming. I mean, he has a huge okay. Top Hat. You know? But also, this story is being told by a child. <laughs> 
And not, not Brit, not Brit. I think, uh, no, yeah. dude. I mean, I'm my, a child. My yeah, best friend. Seven plus. So <laughs> my best friend just got a cat for, like for her kids, and they named it like Pancake Syrup Gus Gus. Like you can do better than Mr. Top Hat. <laughs> when I used to work at the vet clinic. Um, this kid brought in with his mom, like a little cat, like a, a well, it's an adult female cat. And I'm like, Oh, hi buddy. What's your cat's name? And he's like, Optimus Prime. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. And right. That makes a lot of sense <laughs> in terms of timing. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of like on Jill's page at the beginning where I'm like, okay, like maybe this might end up like goosebumps where it's like kind of all right, but like, eh, but, um, while I was doing some research, it got 100% on the tomato reader, Ooh. and it got 80 what? or 89% audience view. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's go on with this. And then I also made my sister watch it, too, because I'm like, you have to, like, give me some insight. Like, well, she has kids, you? right? She has, yeah, she has a kid, and also that would scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I told her, like, oh, you should make Archer watch this. She's going to freak his Archer? Out. Did she Archer, name him after yeah. Archer? Well, he's the stepson, so you'd have. I don't know. I'll ask his dad. <laughs> okay, just ask him if his code if his code name is Duchess. Okay, I'll just say that, and then if he giggles and walks away, I'll be like, "That's a yes." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So it rated really well, and then um, the premiere date was October eleventh, two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. which yeah this flew under my radar like I usually feel like I'm kind of up to speed with all this stuff but nope um it mostly filmed in Vancouver and around BC which as I was watching it I'm like mm, I feel like this might be around our hood <laughs> weird Very green. and that, I like how they filmed it too like I don't know all the buzzwords for like cinematography stuff but the the angles and stuff they filmed it at I thought it was really good um nice. yeah And then all three, yeah, we like good angles. All three episodes are written by Ben David Garbinski. Garbinski? You guys can Google that later. (laughs) Yeah, which doesn't ring a bell, but I'm glad that he wrote all three. So, you know, flows nice. Nice. Yeah, so let's get back into the episode. So this season has Rachel, Gavin, Graham, Akiko, and Louise which all end up being the Midnight Society kids. But prior to that, of course, it's kind of like the same sort of layout of writing as Arl Stein did, where it has like your basic kind of like flow with the yeah. storyboard. So of course, Rachel's the new girl. Gavin's the neighbor who she meets on the way to school with her embarrassing mother. Yeah. a cute boy over there as he's like flinging on his jacket and washing his hair back. <laughs> I would say she's just, like, so supportive. I would, like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, like... Definitely supportive. But yeah. Rachel's reactions, she's just, like, totally, like, oh, mom, you're too much for me. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of feel, like, where Rachel's at, for sure. <laughs> my, um, my favorite is still when she's, like, say, introduce yourself to the boy. And she's, like, I'm Rachel. <laughs> He's like, is that a question? She's like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Like, just how they put it all together. I'm like, I can feel this embarrassment. Yeah, this is relatable. As woman. <laughs> 30 plus individual, it was relatable. Yeah, totally. 
<laughs> oh god so rachel shows up at school um where she meets graham and adam adam tries to help her open up her locker and fails miserably we'll get to him later we need him <laughs> um and then ah oh, where am i here locker graham yeah so locker incident over cool Anyway, she goes to school where the teacher's like, introduce yourself. Like, let's just keep embarrassing this chick, whatever. Around <laughs> <laughs> this nerdy kid's like, that was a really great speech. And then she's like, yeah, whatever. And he notices she has skull earrings on. So he's like, mm, she's a little creepy. What's the but, deal? Wait a minute. Hold on. Sorry. I don't, I have to interrupt you. Graham's, yeah. e- Graham's entrance when he gets off the bus. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe I totally forgot to. <laughs> It was epic, and for that moment, I'm like, like I like this guy. He this like, guy's my favorite guy. <laughs> he, like, interpretive dance off the bus and, like, avoided was what was, like, a football. Yeah, somebody was yeah. to throw a football at his head, and it missed because he's dancing around it. But I as soon as that's... he exits the bus, he puts a big old wad of sanitizer in his hand, and I, like, I'm like, was this 2019, or was this, like, last year? <laughs> I uh, hope that's in his acting reel because that was fucking gold. Oh, it's so good. And it's just, Ugh. yeah, a classic dude who's like seen as a bit of a nerd weirdo to everybody else. But he's like, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I like yep. it. Yeah. And, and he's like, got his. You, Graham, you're my hero in this movie. It's <laughs> like, sure. I watch horror movies t-shirt. Yeah. Which is perfect. So then. My own- my only weird thing about that was he was wearing a raincoat and he put his headphones on top of the raincoat. I was like, aren't you going to damage your headphones? Yeah, well, I, that guy's not from Vancouver, clearly. They're just no. filming there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so his backstory, he's a little ghouly, creepy guy. He's a bit of a horror movie nerd. And then um, they reference a couple horror movies together, and she's just kind of just trying to keep to her own a little bit as he's kind of like, oh, my God, I think we found another person for this situation, which we don't know about yet. <laughs> so cool. So which was like, like super like the craft vibes. They're like, we found our fifth or whatever. Exactly. Totally like that. Um, which also I read somewhere too, they referred these two new series as like the American Horror Story for children kind of deal. <laughs> That's kind of Which cool. I'm like, yeah, I can see that for sure. Like the level of the commitment of the, <laughs> the story through three episodes. I'm like, yeah, this is. There's a lot of levels to it, for sure. It just keeps cycling around. Like like Goosebumps. It was a horror thriller for for children. (laughs) Yeah, no one dies. However, they do disappear. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, they kind of connect on the horror movie theme, whatnot. So, uh, Graham promptly tells Louise and Akito... Which Louise is like a popular cheerleader chick, and Graham is this horror nerd. So obviously they're not like pals in school. Um, so he has to like kind of go through and tell these people, but also they're like, yeah, okay, dude, like let's just keep this quiet. This is midnight society. Shut up, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he like up. he relays all the information to his pals, and then after that. Rachel finally can get her locker open and starts receiving all these little messages in there. Like, just fun things of, like, like, would you rather be a witch or a ghost, et cetera, et cetera. And then she obviously answers it all properly, so she gets a note telling her to go to this place at this time. 
which happens to be the Midnight Society. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> but as she's like going through these spooky ass woods, she's kind of freaked out. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's kind of a dumb idea. These people approach her masks. <laughs> totally <laughs> chill. Masks. Yeah. Like four, what is there? Four people? Yeah, there's four people approaching her in masks. And she's like, oh, oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> Jelly, your face, it is actually pretty spooky. Like, the masks yeah. are spooky. <laughs> yeah, totally. it's, it, it it's not bad. chill. It's not chill. Like, I don't exactly. know, man. At that point, I'm like, I, what? <laughs> like, I'd I leave. Home. <laughs> I home. I would have sprinted, or, like, my word, I would have yeeted the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, totally. I probably yeah. would go to the forest and be like, you know, I'm good. I mean, I would have here alone but kind of want a little pal right now <laughs> i'd have my fucking baseball bat man yo i would uh i, I would come prepared with some form of weapon and like eyes in the back and shit I yeah i would a horror movie scream ran fell over every brush tiny divot out of there yes like, like Paris, every... Paris Hilton and yes. House of Wax, just like. Oh my God! <laughs> but hopefully we don't end like Paris Hilton, which luckily Rachel doesn't. <laughs> exactly. This is a kids', um, kids movie. Close day on, no yeah. one dies. She gives them a chance, and uh, I mean, there might have been a masked person that potentially gave themselves away, <clears throat> Graham. Because <laughs> <laughs> as much as he loves horror stories, as much as he loves horror stories and movies. He's also a little bit of a win, which is probably as, why I can connect with him as well. <laughs> as much as he loves horrors. As much as he loves horrors, he's a little scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're not scary. We're fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is Are You Afraid of the Dark 2.0. <laughs> this is okay. the, next, the next porno we have to look up. Yeah. Get on it, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically <sighs> just kind of elaborate and tell her, like... <laughs> Uh, this is the Midnight Society, so what you got to do to be invited and stay with it, if we all take a vote after, is if you tell a really scary story. So she's like, okay, and then she starts proceeding with the Mr. Top Hat story, so, which... Sorry, got yeah. it. Sorry. As a creative, I don't work for free. I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> I know, right? She's like... And also... The reason why they kind of invite her too is because she's sketching pictures of Mr. Top Hat as well in that class that Graham snooped on and then yeah. put his hands in the trash can like a little gross guy. <laughs> Which he's had a hard time with, you know, with the Sani getting off yeah. the bus. He was really freaked out about it. So, but like, you wouldn't cut hair for free. No, no. Yeah. Especially, you know, in the woods at 12 o'clock at night with a bunch of masked freakos. As Fucking if. children. <laughs> Oh, to be young again and not know that you can't <laughs> all this crap. <laughs> or just do drugs. Or, yeah, maybe do both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Rachel tells her Mr. Top Hat story, which is her reoccurring dream of this freako in the Circus of Doom who basically just haunts her. And the whole Circus of Doom is um, they... They take children and just kind of like suck the life out of them to feed the circus is what I got from it. Maybe I read too deep into that. <laughs> I think but, that sounds right. Yeah, there's like a, a magic coin that shows up here and there, and then you know you're you're in trouble. So she's telling this story. Obviously, Gavin or not Gavin, Graham is freaking out a little bit the whole time, which just concludes more to who's actually in this circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the story, they're all like, "Whoa, that was crazy. You're accepted." <laughs> And then all reveal themselves. They're all completely different people among the school. So that's kind of fun. 
Um, also, Kelsey, you might really like this. Mr. Top Hat was played by Ross Hull. What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I watched that. I didn't even fucking realize it. I know, me neither. Because once when you were talking about it just now, I quickly Googled it because I'm like, that rings a bell. Like, <sighs> well, I was like Googling shit and I'm like, oh, that's because it's Mr. Top Hat. <laughs> that is oh amazing. And he does a really good job at like, he's committed to that character, man. He, he is. He killed that it. That guy is freaky as hell. And I mean, oh. like I said, I'm an adult woman and I was like, I mean, it wouldn't give me nightmares, but I'm like, oh, man, this guy's, like, raising my heartbeat a little bit. Not, a, like, ooh, you're hot, but it'll, uh, get away from me. Okay. <laughs> She's what the fuck? You gotta Google it up. I am. Yeah, he yeah. definitely plays it very well. All right, continue. Uh, this is for me. All it's right. Fine. <laughs> She's, she <laughs> has to really make sure. So she tells the top hat story. All right. So next day at school, Adam doesn't show up. And they're like, what the heck's going on here? And then there's a couple of subtle things that kind of cue Rachel's ideas of that maybe this happened because of her telling the story. Mm-hmm. And then moving on to class, um, there's a little promo card that everybody got to go. This carnival in town called the Carnival of Doom. And then it's like... There are different classes, but they're all getting this thing. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, we just literally talked about this last night. And then Rachel's, like, shitting her pants. She's like, no, this can't be happening. It's actually happening. So they all bike out, see that that's actually happening. And then they, of course, have to go because Adam's in there. They just know it. But prior to that, they set up a bunch of missing things with his face on it. The ink melts away. It's just a piece of white pa- or red paper. And you're like, no, there's just more layers to the story. So they spend the whole night at the Carnival of Doom. They kind of split up, and all this wacky stuff happens to them. I can't elaborate too much on it because, A, I mean, maybe someone wants to watch this and doesn't need me to spoil the whole thing. And, B, it's so layered. (laughs) It just kind of, yeah, it likes to, it kind of stacks on top of each other and comes full circle multiple times. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay, this is a pretty crazy kids film. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm into it. Yeah. Um, so, so Mr. Top Hat is played by Raphael Kessel. What? Who's Ross Hall then? Well, I'm Ross Hall is my heartthrob. Well, yeah. I, I just Googled it because it rang a bell. And then it said he was listed as Mr. Top Hat. Oh, maybe. Oh, I, maybe I'm looking at a big old wah, lie. Wah. I did find, though, which I had trouble finding the actors in this particular season because I just found everything was mashed together from like the 90s to this season to the next season and I'm like oh my god this is I I don't know what these kids look like in the tv I don't know what they look like at their headshot thing (laughs) I also googled if he's married and it says he's single so that's cool (laughs) oh wow okay good deal for you that's what the kids do these days right <laughs> we don't know each other and i've created a whole life without you in my head <laughs> but that's we're gonna tell him and then he'll totally be like, compatible oh. he's like you know like i might feel the same way about you <laughs> that's, that's, how you, that's how you light your whole life on fire <laughs> <laughs> you know i thought I'd, I'd shoot my shot and here we are <laughs> yeah Oh man. So yeah, they have they go through this whole night of the Carnival of Doom with all this like up and down anxiety 
like raising things. Everybody's freaking out. I was freaking out. <laughs> uh, so, but at the end of it all, Rachel's really panicked about being voted out of the uh, group because she's like, I told the story and everything's fucked up now and I'm stressed out. And then at this point, her and Gavin, you know, in true children literature style, have kind of taken a shine to each other. So he secures her that it's it's fine, like she's not going to be voted out, and gives her a special knife that they've all carved their names into the stumps. Jesus. Yeah, because, and this mm. knife has been passed down from generation to generation of Midnight Societies. So, very special. It's pretty cool. She feels a little better. Until the next day, where he also promises to pick her up in the morning to take her to school, but instead his dad shows up, and her quirky mom's like, well, hello there. Ew. <laughs> and she's like, all the staircase, like, oh, whoa. <laughs> she's like, wow, he's very cute. Um, and then she, Rachel's freaking out because she's like, oh, my God. Like, uh, Gavin's supposed to, like, be here and take me to school. So turns out he's, he's missing. Like, he didn't turn out to school. She asks all the others if they have seen him or remember last night or any of this crazy shit that's going on and no one remembers it's, it's like gone. It's, oh, time. it's gone out the window and she's like oh my god I'm trapped in this fucking spiral of hell whatever and then she runs back to the fairgrounds of course it's not there and at the ending she steps on a tarantula which is kind of like Mr. Top Hat's thing like you know he's coming when the tarantulas come and then she states I'm gonna end this <laughs> And then it ended. So the only thing I'd say is the ending, maybe I just didn't interpret it properly, but I was like, it just kind of ended without resolution for myself. <laughs> it, it, it ended with Jeffrey, the golden retriever, standing in the rain like a good doggo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and the, the kid's mom, what was that nerdy kid that was trying to help her with the locker? Adam. Adam. is Like, Jeffrey, where's Adam? And Jeffrey's was like, I got to give a shout out to this dog actor. He's like standing in the rain, looking forlorn out towards the camera with his gorgeous squinty eyes. He's like a little older. Just like a good boy. Just a really good boy. And the the woman runs out like, where's Adam? And Jeffrey's like just standing there because he came home because he's a good boy. And Adam's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was earlier on. And I was yeah. like, oh, man. Well, you yeah. know. You know, this dog's probably better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just like dogs better than humans mostly. All, all, my takeaway from that was the dogs train better than the kid. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you get yourself in a mess of trouble. But there was also a second season that came out, Curse of the Shadows, which is 2021. Mm. And I, it just, and that's how I was kind of like, what? It ended because that happened and then it like zoomed into the, the next thing, which seems, I'm going to watch it. It seems good. I'm and their opening, it yeah, their opening thing is different too, which I discovered actually watching the show and whatnot. All the stuff that's happening in the opening credits is like a prequel to what's going to go on. Like all mm -hmm. that oh, stuff cool. is necessary to the show. Okay. So right. knowing that being thrown into the second one, I was like, okay, like this is good. Okay. I'm into it. <laughs> Uh, do you remember when you first learned what a prequel was? Yeah, it blew my mind. <laughs> I do. I remember the exact thing. It was when I saw the original Christina Ricci, <clears throat> Devin Sawa, Casper, 
the friendly ghost. Oh, and then they came that out with was a, so good. Remember, they came with another one, and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. They're not in the right house. And then my mom's like, it's a prequel. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like when Casper and Wendy came out. Yeah, he's on a train. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he on a train? He's already a ghost. Yeah. Where's Devin Sawa? <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> I remember, I don't remember the exact moment, but I remember it being something similar where I think my friend even was like, that's prequel. And I'm like, there's a story before this story. <laughs> like, this <What>? is amazing. <laughs> Who thought of this? This is the awesome. The possibilities are endless. Yeah. For, for like typical men, like the men that we complain about, it would have been Tokyo Drift that they figured that out. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I watched all those up to Tokyo Drift, too. <laughs> you're like, I don't know why this is what this is. And you're like, oh, it's a prequel. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I just learned that now. You're welcome. <laughs> Dude, I watched Fast and Furious, and I'm always like, Tokyo Drift has no business being in this franchise, right? Number three? What is this shit? It makes no sense. This is an entirely different cast. And now I'm like, oh, shit, it's a prequel? Uh-huh. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I showed I up today. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, that, and you better go back and watch Tokyo Drift. I'm glad I learned something about <laughs> fucking like, the Fast and baby. Furious. Like, why no. am I learning about Fast and Furious on the fucking Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? Because because, because little yeah. Bow Wow's in it. I don't know. <sighs> oh, yeah, he is in that, isn't he? I'm text her <laughs> right now. Texting watch her. Fast Five. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Tokyo Drift is a fucking prequel? You're welcome. <laughs> She's like, can't talk watching Tokyo Drift. Yeah, BRB. It's a prequel, you know. <laughs> BRBB. BRB bish. Jill's mind is still totally blown. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> you can't see her, but she's still grabbing her forehead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was just always like, what a fucking stupid money grab in the middle of this fantastic series. <laughs> I mean, a bit of a money grab because they're like, let's just do a movie that, like, before the movie, you know? Well, Why not? In all honesty, they made it because um, I think uh, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, like, t- uh, removed themselves from the franchise at that point because they didn't like the direction it was going in and they still had to make something. So then they did that. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why at the end that you know it's Dom talking, but they don't show his face. It's not actually Vin Diesel. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. And, yeah, and then later they compiled went back. this into my trivia knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Paul Walker. Yeah. God, yeah, you know, all that shit. Okay, well, good job. Loved it. Got through it faster this time. Fucking <laughs> Terry. Really? that she's been letting me think this Ooh. shit the whole time oh, <laughs> I've been watching me be like this movie's dumb I hate when we have to watch it it makes no sense <laughs> when uh-huh. we have to watch it like you watch Harry Acti Boys <laughs> what a banger <laughs> dude we, we did a Fast and Furious episode but we never released it I'm surprised that didn't stick I think I'm, that's why I know that <laughs> oh. okay I, I barely I barely remember the topics we cover every week. Totally fair. Why would I remember something from like February or wherever we started doing this? Absolutely. 
because Fast and the Furious is very important, obviously. <laughs> Especially to Tara. Yeah, I, this it's just special to Tara, man. I'm like literally looking at my notes and I'm like, did I even write these? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them for you. There's spelling errors everywhere. You might as well. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, um, another, <clears throat> sorry. I just learned that, um, maybe you guys saw this too on the internet, but I just learned that not everybody has an inner monologue. Really? What's an yeah. inner monologue? So like uh, we found one. Oh yeah. So like in my own head, I can I can like talk out scenarios to myself in my own head. I I can also visualize things. Like if I picture an apple in my head, I can see an apple. But I but I can like talk out scenarios in my head to myself. Like I have like an inner monologue. Like like if I'm afraid of something, I'm like, okay, Kelsey. I'm like, you're okay. Everything's good. Like you know. Like if I think apple, I know what an apple looks like, but I don't have a fucking apple in my head. Like if I close my eyes, I'm not, I don't see an apple. No, you don't see an apple, but you have it in your, you can see it in your brain. Like I'm talking to you right now and I'm picturing what an apple looks like in my imagination. Yeah. Same here. This is stressful because like, I know what an apple looks like, so I don't need to picture it. <laughs> but that's like, but that's I, it. That's I know what are. a fucking apple looks like. It's in your imagination. So you are correct. Yes. What? I don't know. I'm what? You don't have inner monologue. Do you have an inner monologue? Can you like give yourself an internal pep talk? Why would I pep talk? She doesn't have internal (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't like look at myself. Like, I don't look at myself in the mirror and think, God damn, like, I'm going to have a great day and this is going to be amazing. Like, I just know I should think that. I don't say it. Correct. No, that's not what I'm. It doesn't have to be just that though. Like, it can be a moment that like, you're like, oh yeah. I remember this thing, and then you just yeah. kind of think about it. Or if you come across them, you're like, "All right, we're gonna be prepared for this now." No. <laughs> or, or like if you're afraid of something, or like whatever. Like, do you hear like do you hear your your voice in your head? Like, my so when I guess when I'm gonna use Brit and I as I'm one. So, stress. so Brit and I, when we're like <clears throat> concentrating on something or thinking about something or preparing for something, we can hear our own thoughts as words in our head. No. <laughs> you know, Jill, it might be for the better because I feel like my inner dialogue increases anxiety at times. So <laughs> it also stops me from sleeping sometimes. Like if I'm at, like, can we not do this at like 1030 right now? If I'm like thinking about something, my brain is like, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not like fucking imagining myself doing the thing. Is that like not? No, you're not supposed to do it. No, it's like, it's like, Okay, ignore the visual representation. Like, okay. do, you, do you hear your own thoughts in your head? Like, do you, are your thoughts a voice in your head? Because, like, our thoughts are a voice in our head. <laughs> so that means, that means no. Okay, Which so another... Another fun fact <laughs> is... So, okay, this is something I learned. So, like, very early uh, um, civilizations... Be- because some people could hear their own thoughts, like Brit and I do, that so they they like thought that was God, and that's kind of oh, <laughs> but it's not. It's wild. You know what I mean? Do you so like, it's like do you like hear your own voice in your head? Yeah, yeah. I had no well, idea what my I voice mean, sounded like until on. like this podcast. It's like as I perceive my voice, exactly. Like. Yeah, because per- when I hear myself talking, I'm like, ugh, who's that hillbilly? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I don't have a hillbilly voice in my brain. But so, <laughs> but so like early, like early civilizations, they didn't have, cause we, we are self-aware. So we're self-aware to the point where we're like, yes, I know that I'm hearing my own thought in my head, but early civilization didn't have that, that type of self-awareness. So when they like thought they heard a voice in their head, they're like, oh, God's telling me I have to eat food or God's telling me I have to, you know, and it's like, no, no, like Bill and Joe, like that's your fucking, <laughs> that's your own Kelsey, thought. we're messiahs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. No, I don't want to be a messiah. Jill, you no, want to come no, to the no. cult? Too much pressure. <laughs> I'm good. I don't want to be in charge. I already have this internal dialogue. That We're good. It's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, we're I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, then you probably don't. That's okay. Is that normal? Yeah, no, that's actually, that's completely normal. There's some people that don't. I didn't come to this podcast tonight to have an existential fucking crisis. First <laughs> through in Tokyo Drift. Now I don't know if my thoughts are real. I, I could be watching fucking TV and playing Pokemon Go. But you can go to sleep on time. I can't. Yeah, yeah but I can't go to bed because we're afraid of everything. <laughs> I just know at 9.30, I go to bed. Like, is that not what you do? You get no, you go to bed at 9.30. I go to lay down to have thinking time, and then I'll either fall asleep before 12 or I won't. I don't like thinking. You That's sound so like real. Beth. Beth does this too. She's like, you just lay down, you sleep. I'm like, very funny. <laughs> I wish I just, it was that easy. She's like, you just do it. You lay down, you close your eyes, you fall asleep. I'm like, I like lay down. <laughs> Oh my god, I lay down, I put on my, like, whatever I'm listening to, I put my sleep timer on, I put a sleep mask on, and, like, see ya. I'll see you at fucking 5.30 when I need to go to the gym. Apparently, you don't have an internal monologue, because Britt and I have to fight with our internal voice until, like, 1 a.m. in the morning when we actually could (laughs) fall asleep. (laughs) We have to exhaust ourselves out of argument to go to bed. That sounds so stressful. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Therapy sounds like great. Especially if you have to go to bed or go to work at like, or yeah, leave dude. to work at like eight thirty, and you're like, oh god, it's two. Yeah, inner inner monologues. I get up at five thirty in the morning. Inner monologues are assholes. No, you go to bed on time though. Because <laughs> well, I want to get up at five thirty in the morning, yeah, <laughs> and you well. don't have an internal monologue keeping you up at night. <laughs> No, man. Whatever I did doesn't matter. It's fucking done. I don't need to think about it. Oh, fuck yeah. Can't change it. Let's trade brains one day, Jill. Yeah. Well, me too. I just want one day. You know, just one day. So you get, so you get Jill's brain, and I get the angry German. Yeah, you can have the angry German brain. I just not that angry. I respect the fuck out of her. Yeah. I have a great day. Yeah. I had a great time. I came home from work yesterday. I was like, ooh, no podcast. So I put on my podcast I'm listening to, and then I colored for an hour and a half and did nothing. I had, a, I didn't think about nothing. I was just listening. It's a great time. You should turn your brains off. Well, no, honestly, podcasts are the only thing that kind of like, because you Shuts the actually inner have to listen yeah. to it, you know, like with music, I'm in a different world. I'm not I listened to music to for the first time today in like three weeks. It was pretty cool. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I oh, I saw you. Yeah. Little, you were listening to Little Nas. Yeah, oh, I haven't listened yeah. to music in weeks. I was like, wow, music's pretty cool. But like, <laughs> I'm going back. I'm going back to podcasts tomorrow. Yeah, it's the only thing that keeps me in check. I mean, I listen to music all day at work too, so that's fine. I'm still getting it in there. What? Like your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get your veggies in. Ooh. 
Uh, okay. So speaking of vegetables, Jill, what do you got for us? <laughs> I have to that was rude. <laughs> vegetables. How dare you call me that? No, I meant uh, just because I don't have an inner brain or whatever it says. <laughs> oh. I didn't. Okay, whatever. Kelsey's getting canceled. I didn't say that. I said, speaking of vegetables, what do you got for us? Be- meaning, like, what are the vegetables of the podcast? Girl, don't put words in my mouth. Don't put inner monologues in my brain. Yeah, don't I'll let your inner monologue get to <laughs> Well, in the grand tradition of how I like to do my research, hmm. it's dark. You're welcome. Cool. So you think that, but first thing, I'm going to start off with the word nyctophobia. Oh. Have you ever heard of this word? Is it being afraid of the dark? Yes. Oh. And I have that too, and inner monologue. I'm fucked. So, <laughs> nyc- oh. or it's either nyctophobia or nyctophobia, but it's mm-hmm. the extreme fear of night or darkness, and usually it causes intense symptoms, and usually are depressed, anxious, you have like a really irrational fear and a lot of the time this starts in like childhood and it's pretty normal okay uh i used to really be scared of the dark and then like let me tell you i got a fucking baseball bat and i am so (laughs) confident when i sleep now (laughs) i like have some sort of light on though (laughs) pitch dark (laughs) eye mask on baseball bat right by my right side of the bed so i don't have I'm pitch dark with two cats and a dog, but <clears throat> I sleepwalk. Oh, that's so, sketchy. Yeah, only when I'm like under pressure. So it's like if I'm if I'm under like extreme stress or something. Like financial has been one before. Um, I'm probably will sleepwalk. Now we'll see. Just like, you know, really stressful situations. So she put a jingle bell on a door or something so you wake yourself up. What's gonna no, but, but I, and then Jem will just trip you up so that you just stay on the floor. I don't but I don't like I've I've I have been screaming in a sleepwalk and not woken up. That's crazy. Yeah, it does mess you up. My yeah. uncle would sleepwalk and my mom would always have to like chauffeur him back to bed. Yeah. The, Before the... he would eat the sponge with peanut butter on it. <laughs> Fuck. <What>? <laughs> <laughs> he got up and made himself some, in quotations, toast, but put a bunch of peanut butter on a sponge. <laughs> and my mom just watched him, and then t- until he went to take a bite, she's like, ah! <laughs> but apparently it's dangerous to wake them up when they're in that deep sleep. I don't know. I just know, like, <laughs> the few times I've done it, I, like, one time I, like, ran out of bed, and all of a sudden I was at the top of the stairs, and I woke up, and I was like, oh, where am I? And then one time I um, went to, I don't know, I was sleeping. And then all of a sudden I thought there was a big spider and I started screaming and trying to climb over the edge of the loft. And Jordan woke me up. And then another time I was at my girlfriend's wedding in Edmonton like four years ago. And it was the best wedding ever. It was so fun. And I sleptwalk into the bathroom and woke up in the bathroom and thought I had been kidnapped. And I started I, th- I was like screaming. I was. Fr- I woke up and I was like, "Oh my god!" I like I, I felt a toilet and I was like, oh, "I've been kidnapped and I'm locked in a dark room with a toilet." 
And I was like pounding on the walls. I couldn't find a doorknob. I'm like, this is it. This is how I end. And then I found my fucking quip toothbrush. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <This is> mine. <laughs> I, I slept walk into the bathroom, like fuck my life. Oh, and sorry. No, the most recent one was at shoe swap with my, my girlfriend, Emily. <laughs> Put on the twilight zone. It was all over. No, I woke <laughs> up. I woke up on the couch downstairs and I was like, what the fuck? Why am I on the couch downstairs? And I went upstairs to go to bed. And I'm like, that's fine. And then in the morning, I was talking to Emily. I'm like, yeah, I woke up on the couch because Emily and I were sharing a bed. I was like, I woke up on the couch downstairs. And Emily was like, what? No, like you got up with me to go pee in the middle of the night and you walked downstairs in front of me. And she's like, you like dropped trow in front of me and went to the bathroom and got up <laughs> And didn't wash your hands. I thought that was really weird. And then you just went and sat on the couch. And I was like, girl, I was fucking sleepwalking. <laughs> oh, my God. You little sicko not washing your hands. Yeah. I was like, sit I... there and stare at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emily's like, I thought you were just really fucked up and had to pee. I was like, no, dude, I was sleepwalking. I'm like, I got, I, that was uh, nothing. I, I woke, I woke up, like, sitting up on the couch. Just, like, woke up. And I was like the fuck holding my cell phone i was like huh <laughs> anytime yeah. i've done that it's because i've been shit-faced so no dude I, I do it when i'm really stressed out that's wild you need drugs <laughs> good thing I we're talking me. about all are, are you afraid of the dark yeah. LSD in my my fucking peanut butter Scally toast park fire <laughs> hell yeah coffee meat in there it's all about the coffee meat hmm. well okay. i was I looked around and I was like, there's no midnight society. You know, it's hard to find campfire stories. A lot of them are just urban legends. And like, I don't know if you've listened, but we did those. And so I was like, what can I talk about? And then I was like, these crazy kids all would go to like the middle of the woods and do weird shit. So I thought we're going to hit close to home this week and I'm covering the Wells Gray Provincial Park murders. Oh, no! that was so fucked up. <laughs> so like I asked my I asked my friend about these and she's like I feel like it's really well known. I personally have never heard of this. Really? Oh, which dude. is wild. <laughs> yeah. Because wild. it's actually in our home province of BC. Yeah. Uh, what is it like an 8-hour drive or something? Yeah. Close. Because well. we're in BC, I figured I'm not covering precipitation. As we know, this province is a wet-ass province. So this <laughs> park takes place in Clearwater, BC. So Clearwater's just north of Kamloops. Dude, I think east, my art director grew up there. It's east of Williams Lake, which is where my dad lives around there. Oh, pretty gorgeous area, actually. My so sister lived there. <laughs> It's about 550 kilometers from here. Like, depending which road you take, it varies a bit, obviously, because traffic isn't linear. And it's about anywhere from, like, a five and a half to seven hour drive, once again, mm-hmm. depending, like, which route you take. Sure. That is too far for me to want to drive anywhere. I'm, like, an hour and a half max right now just because, like, I have very thin patience and I'm out of podcasts. So, like, yeah, <laughs> that's too far We're for me at the moment. We're not going to clear water. <laughs> also, why, though? There's know, tons nature. of hiking in that park. Bex went with her partner Nick last two years ago or something. Listen, and there's just tons of stuff. 
I went to Enderby and I did a banger hike and I fell and twisted my ankle and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think the hikes there are a little more hardcore. Well, I don't know what Enderby <laughs> is, but you will probably twist your ankle there. <laughs> I know that they're hardcore. Listen, anyway. I like the city. <laughs> <laughs> She's city girl. She's city girl. I like the city. <laughs> I like. I just can't believe I didn't know this happened, but I guess like if I think BC. I, my brain just goes to Picton. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's a big one. But so, that one, if I'm assuming the right one for that era, was like the, the it's one. It's huge. For, yeah, for a while there. So we're going back to 1982. And then on August 2nd, which is my birthday, but not my birth year because I was still an embryo, <laughs> uh, Bob and Jackie Johnson decided to go camping and they brought their two daughters, Janet and Karen with them. And then they also brought Jackie's parents, George and Edith with them. Cause they were like, let's go on a big family camping trip. It's summer. Mm-hmm. We've heard Wells gray is really beautiful. So off they went, they went camping, you know, it's the eighties. There's no cell phones. There's not really any of that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're out in the woods, you're hearing from nobody. So it's really normal to not hear from people while they're camping. So on August 6th, Edith actually called her uh, second daughter. So Jackie's sister, just like check in, be like, how's everything? We're still camping, having a great time. Amazing. But then by August 16th, Bob hadn't shown up for work, which is really weird for him because he was like a really responsible, like dad, nuclear family, like showed up for work. And so a week after that, they were like, okay, this is fucking weird. Bob's not at work. And they reported the family missing. Okay. So huge search was launched. And then on September 13th, they found a burned out car, just like slightly off the trail. And in the car, there were four adults sitting in the car. And then when they opened the trunk, there were two children in the trunk. So all the bodies were really badly burned, but they were like, this kind of checks out. We think this is like the Johnson family. So they released this huge hunt. They were looking all over. There was like commercials. They put out, like they drove cars that looked like their cars around, like across Canada, trying to be like, we're looking for these people. Have you seen like these cars? We're trying to make a connection. So then by the Mm -hmm. spring of 1983, the case still hadn't been solved, and they had put out a reward for finding their 1981 Ford camper truck. So they had taken a Ford truck and then put, like, a camper on the back. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a $7,500 reward out for, like, where the fuck's this car? Like, cars just don't go vanishing, right? So then... By 1983, in, like, the summer, they still hadn't found them. So it had been a year, and they still hadn't figured out, like, what's going on with this case. And one thing that's really notable during this time mm-hmm. is on Canada, Canada Day weekend, like, we know, like, everybody goes camping. Even in a pandemic, people go fucking camping. <laughs> this year, it. last year, any long weekend, people go fucking camping. Yep. So every campsite was booked to the max now it is then it was every campsite is always booked on every long weekend but on this long weekend 
Wells Gray had so many vacancies. They had 105 lots and only 18 of them were booked because that's how oh. bad people didn't want to go there. Yeah. Jeez. Like, uh, crazy like, freaking thing just happened. There's nothing coming of it. Like That's uh, wild. Well, yeah. and like considering how usually booked up places are, people yeah. usually oh, like to take tip, anything yeah. at the end. Yeah. Like if you're desperate and you just want to go, like you'll take anything. So that's kind of crazy, especially like back then, like now, if I don't want to go camping, I can play Breath of the Wild for 10 hours. And then part <laughs> of my soul feels like I was outdoors and camping. But back then, they didn't have that luxury. So you actually had to go camping. The beautiful hills of Hyrule. <laughs> so by October of 1983, so summer's come and gone. Everybody's gone back to school. They actually found the truck in the forest. Like, only a few kilometers away from the murder site. So everybody was like, how in the fresh fuck what? did you yeah. not find this goddamn truck? So dumb. So, <laughs> it was burned. And then because the truck was there, they were like, we think the killer lives in, like, the area. Because, like, you burned both cars and just ditched. Like, that's a very weird thing to do. So they were like, we think he lives in the area. Well, you're kind or of she, nowhere, because like, but like, where, let's get real. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty long drive from any other city, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. So by November of the year, there was a Dawson's Creek resident, and he's 24 year old David William Shearing, and he was arrested. And in case you're like, where did he come from? Well, the police had done, like, a survey, and when they were like, okay, we think he's in the area, they started going, like, door-to-door to to be like, hey, we're looking for information, do you know anything? And this one person's like, yeah, I think I have an idea. This guy named David Shearing came and asked me, like, how to (laughs) re-register a Ford truck uh, if it was under somebody else's name, and then he was like, do you know how to fix bullet holes? (laughs) So the police Uh... were like, Oh, that's our guy because one thing that they never revealed about the truck was that it had bullet holes in it. So, like, that clue, they were like, oh, it must be you. So, they arrested this dumb fuck. And then (laughs) he went ahead and just said, yeah, I did it. So, he confessed that on August 10th, he started stalking the family after he saw them in the woods, like, camping. And then that night, he went and shot the four adults. So he shot, like, the husband, wife, grandma, and grandpa. And then he kept, he took the girls. And he kept them alive for a week. He sexually assaulted them. He tortured them. And then uh, on August 16th, he killed Karen. And then on August 17th, he killed Janet. And that's when he put all the bodies in the car, lit it on fire. So, in April of 1984, he pled guilty and got six murder counts, and then he was given life in prison with the chance of parole after 25 years, which is the maximum that you can get for second-degree murder. I don't know why he got second-degree murder. It seemed a little meditative. Yeah, that's very meditated. Like, if you're stalking somebody, I think that's pretty gosh-darn meditated, because you're like, I see you, I want it, I got it. Yeah, but he was probably like... Well, I was just palming around in the bush, you know. I saw they were there. And I got, yeah, I saw them. I was, 
I was overwhelmed with the urge and I couldn't help myself. And it's like, mm-hmm. then you just kept two children for a week. Yeah. That seems, yeah. that seems no like, you're, uh, like, like he's a, like, like a white guy. <laughs> he's just like a white dude. That's like, this is like some but this is actually the first time in Canadian history that someone was given the maximum sentence for second degree murder. So that's like, okay. I don't want to say it's cool, that. but that's like <laughs> a fact I didn't know. So this guy has applied, he applied for parole in 2008, denied. He applied for parole in 2012, fucking denied. Then he applied again in 2014, and then he decided, you know what, I'm probably going to get denied, and he withdrew it. To which then family members of the victims had actually put out um, a petition to get signed because they didn't want him to be released. And they actually got a bunch of signatures, which actually helped with when he provide he he went for parole again. He went for parole again September fifteenth of this year. Oh wow! So like three three weeks ago, he applied Sorry. for parole. That's he crazy. Got, he got signatures to aid his parole. No, to stop him. Oh okay they, okay okay. Family members didn't want him. Yeah to get parole so they got a bunch of signatures saying you should keep this guy in prison and then when his parole came up again this year um he was denied again so <laughs> thank this schmuck is still in prison and he's actually going by the name dave and en- david ennis now okay yeah but i hate him <laughs> like just another reason I don't like the woods. Thank you so much. I mean, I I do like the idea of camping. I did lots of it in my life, but that is my underlying fear every time I go out. Not gonna lie. <laughs> my internal monologue is always very prepared. <laughs> like, yes, I am afraid of the dark. Oh yeah, fully. Yeah. I always, I always say I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what's in it. <laughs> oh my god. Which is well, it's mostly true. Like, ooh. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what I can't see that is in the dark. Men. Yeah. Men. <laughs> yeah. Men. All yes. men. <laughs> all oh sorts. <laughs> all, all sorts? All sorts and all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dude, yeah. in summation, camping, two out of five. Are you afraid of the dark? Five out of five. Are you afraid of the dark, the TV show? Apparently it's a five out of five. I'm still giving it a one out of five until I watch <laughs> Mr. Top Hat is a fucking stupid name. But Beautiful in summation, <laughs> are you afraid of the dark? Five out of five. I also had a really cool fact. Oh. So my best friend was Devin well, Sawa. One of my best friends was listening to our Goosebumps episode and her daughter, AKA my fun time niece, is seven so she mm-hmm. got her some goosebumps books <gasps> oh, <laughs> yeah. she actually was reading them and was like oh these are spooky and they gave they, they creeped her out at night so now she's like mom only let me read them in the daytime and i'm like how <laughs> adorable is that so she actually started with like number one like welcome to the dead house mm-hmm. That's awesome. international, international treasure cool. so fucking cool 
Are you gonna Are you gonna tattoo. lend her some books, Jill? I don't fucking lend kids my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I no. knew that was coming. Kids ruin you everything. You find your own shit at Valley Village, kid. Yeah, <laughs> spend your own. Yo, I didn't curate this like twelve book collection for you to wreck. <laughs> are we getting goosebump tattoos? I think we should get goosebumps. Yeah, I want one. I'll do. I'll get one. I actually don't believe in it's tattoos, so oh, yeah, Jill fucking has shit. No tattoos on her body. Says all. the woman with her cats tattooed on her arm. And her grandma. Oh really? No, your, no, your mom, but your grandma's cabin, right? Yeah, I covered my mom. You covered her. <laughs> <laughs> her, her mom looked like she was in goosebumps. That yeah. Yeah, my mom looked like she it was left to the dead house. Yeah. <laughs> on that note. Sorry, me. If you. Well. Questions, comments, concerns, or topics that you'd love to hear or see co- be covered, uh, deep nerder, and then throw a gmail.com on that. Take the gmail.com off if you want to hit us up on Instagram. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, I don't do that shit. Send an email like an adult. On that note, Jill out. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> forgot one more thing. My mom listens to this now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, Miss Kelsey's mom. There you go. That's yeah. the appropriate acronym. Kelsey's mom has it going on. Hi, Kelsey's mom. I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Nailed it. <laughs>